Hi, and welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. Uh, I am with uh, Dr. Susan Weinshank. Hello. Hello. Uh, my name is Guthrie, and we're talking about reading today. And uh, before we get started, you know, um, I just want to run over so- some housekeeping. Uh, we are both from the Team W, and if you um, like the podcast at all, you should subscribe. You should tell your friends about it. You should uh, give us ratings. Um, and if you have any questions, you can visit our website, the Team W. It's T H E and then uh, T E A M W dot com. Okay, so. Uh, with that out of the way, um, we're going to ta- be talking a lot about reading today. I figure I will hand the reins o- over a little bit to Susan because she actually is the, I guess, the reading expert. She's the one who's done all the research. Well, I haven't done all the research. You know, I've actually, speaking of reading, I've done reading about the research. That's very funny. Well, I, I didn't mean to be funny i mean i i really that's true um it's a horrible pun it is mm-hmm. oh sorry well um i especially wanted to talk about uh reading online because uh you know there's an interesting question about well f- you know there's, there's how, what do we know about reading and what's the research on reading but then there's the question of is reading online different than reading on paper. And the other very interesting question, which is like the fact that people are reading online instead of reading books, is that like the end of civilization as we know it? Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go with no, but surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure that that's true? Well, so what well i have a question for you uh-huh uh do you have any questions about reading questions about reading yeah if you, what is it what is reading reading is weird why is reading weird i i don't know do you read it's a strange thing that you look at things and then there's voices yeah i mean you look at you, you hear voices guthrie really have you seen anyone around about that no, <laughs> I, I do. That's how I read. You mean it, when, you, when you read, you hear, what do you mean you hear voices? It's narrated for the most part. Really? Uh-huh. Do you see images? No. Okay, you're weird. Really? Uh, I didn't know that about you. Y- yeah, if I'm reading a book, it's like, it's like I'm listening to an audio on tape version. Oh, well, we're going to have to talk about that. I don't yeah. think that that's what most people experience. Well, we've done this before. We have? Where I don't. Because of the Im- you, you lack some imagery. We've talked about that before. I think. No, just I do things strangely. So That's true. All right. But anyway, you, you started actually reading at a very, at a, no, well, you didn't read at a young age, but you, your reading like went from zero to a thousand really fast, as I recall. Yeah, Weren't you I'm, reading like um, Tolkien in first grade or something? It was a little after that. I was a good reader when I was younger. So there's um, what's interesting, I think, to start when we talk about reading is to talk about, like you said, what what is it and what's happening? And it's weird. And it really is weird. I mean, you have these little marks on the paper and somehow that turns into stuff in your, in your head. And... Um, we know that uh, reading is not, um, you're not born being able to read. Like you're born being able to, uh, with, the, with the capability to talk, um, but you're not born with the capability to read. So reading is definitely a learned behavior. And we know that um, in order to read, the brain steals um, other parts of the brain uh, uses resources um, like you, from the visual part of your brain or for you from the auditory part of the brain yeah. to uh, in order to read and in order to learn how to read um, and we also know that when you are a fluent reader so there's the, there's the, 
there's your brain does one thing when it's just recognizing um, letter patterns and turning that into words. But when you become a fluent reader, when that becomes very easy and automatic, where you're not concentrating on the actual um, reading event, and that's called being a fluent reader, then things really change. So what happens when people are fluent readers is as they are reading, they are simultaneously thinking about what they're reading, connecting it to what they know or don't know or think or their opinion or, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And it's going on while you're reading. Probably one of the few examples of true, uh, you know, multitasking, not just task switching. Um, and I find that kind of interesting. Yeah. But back to this question about, you know, is online reading different? It is if you're, if we're talking about reading a physical book versus reading a book on like a Kindle, what's going on in your brain is very similar in those two events with, with a few change, with a few differences that I'll talk about in a second. But if you're talking about like reading a book, whether on paper or on Kindle versus like re, you know, looking at an article online or reading the news online or, then that's actually a, a pretty different experience in the brain, mainly because you're doing a lot of skimming and scanning. Yeah. Rather than, you know, reading like 20 pages without a break. Right. right? Yeah. So the, the, um, the idea uh, from the reading researchers is possibly that that will start to change our brains. That as people, you know, if you're a kid right now, and a lot of, um, for instance, a lot in a lot of classrooms, they're doing away with textbooks entirely. Like they just don't have them. Right. And you just look information up online when you need to look something up. Makes you know? sense. So that it's possible that children um when they become fluent readers I'm, you know i think i think we'll still have the experience whether on kindle or on physical books of parents sitting down with their kids and you know reading the stories to them and showing them the pictures right i don't know that that's going to change but if we're talking about when someone starts to read on their own uh the fact that that we're going to start to have a generation of children who their primary reading, early reading experiences are the skimming and scanning variety, not the sitting down and reading a whole book variety. It is very possible that that will literally change the human brain. Good. <laughs> good? <laughs> what do you mean good? No, it's the end of civilization mm -hmm. as we know it. Why do you think that's good? Why did you say that? Uh... I think so I've been watching the flash yeah recently the, the the television show yeah it's very good actually I don't know the show uh it was on the CW on uh, the first season just came out on Netflix yeah it's it's a superhero show but um it's it, it's a little it's a little lighter than your normal like was it Strom and Drang? Is that the phrase? I don't know. It's a German something. Anyways, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, I'm enjoying it. But, uh, like, a big, you know, in, especially in the first season, um, this, is, this is not really a spoiler, so I don't really have to preclude it, but he's trying to go, uh, the, it, the Flash is, is, a, is a character who's been around for decades um, in various forms, uh, and in fact, uh, well, it's not important. Uh, it, it's just a guy who can go really fast. That's the okay. that's the whole situation. That's the background. Uh, and so uh, he, you know, in the in the you know first season, he's trying to go faster, right? Um, because he needs to go. He needs to go faster. Well, uh, I think in today's modern whatever world. With all these 
you know, the, the tech things and humans connected to technology and all of our inputs that we get, that's, that's much happening. That can happen much faster than if we're just in a, you know, in a hut in the mud. Uh, we need to go faster. Interesting. So you think if our brains change because we're going faster with reading, in general, that'll make us go faster with everything, no, and no, in general, no. faster is good. No, 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 no. We need to have our brains adapt so that we can, so that we can process information faster. We have to get better. That's interesting. Uh, I, I'm sure there are people who may not agree. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so uh one of the there, there's this uh there's a, a reading researcher named marianne wolf and um she wrote a really good book um about the story and science of the reading brain it's it's really excellent book but um you know she mentions in there that um tells a, i guess we would call it an anecdotal story because i don't know that we have the exact reference but Back when the printing press was um, first invented, and do you know when that was? Which printing press was this? The printing press. <laughs> Gutenberg. Gutenberg's printing press. Uh, let me, hold on. Hold You're on. looking this up. I'm not. No, oh. I would never dream of it. Then why are, you, why are we holding on? I'm thinking. Yeah, you're looking this up online. I'm, I'm really not. Uh, okay, I think I'm gonna go with like, uh, like fifteen fourteen. Uh, no, it's more like fourteen fifty. Oh, okay. But you, you just did a little bit of, uh, you know, number displacement there. Um, but you were very close. So, uh, and do you know where the printing press was invented? China. No. No, well, it really was, but... Really? Uh, block letters was actually invented in China like thousands of years ago. Oh. Yeah. But the, the modern printing press would be, of course, invented in Germany. And do you know where in Germany? Heidelberg. No. Gutenberg. No. Gutenberg is the name of the guy. Uh, Printingberg. Mainz. Oh, okay. And do you know why that's significant? Yeah, I get it. Yes. Well, yes, I have relatives in Mainz. You do. Yeah. You do. That's where you're, no, you have relatives in Mainz. I was actually uh, outside of the Gutenberg Museum where the printing press was invented, but I wasn't inside because it was a holiday and it was closed. But I was outside. Anyway, um, back then, when Gutenberg invented the printing press, people said that it was the end of civilization as we know it because they believed that if people learned to read, that would, you know, be a horrible thing. And they were right. <laughs> well, some people would think that it wasn't a horrible thing, but that was the, the sense. Tell so, it to the Pope. <laughs> so Marianne Wolf. <laughs> ideas are that it's kind of so you know this this thing people say oh the online reading the skimming and scanning it's terrible it's it's going to ruin reading but she says in her book that you know we don't know whether it's going to be bad or good it's probably going to be different but you know who's to say what bad or good is so yeah your brain works differently when you're scanning and skimming so here's some interesting you want to hear you want some interesting factoids about online reading yeah Okay. I do. Interesting factoids. So when people read an article like that, you know, news article or whatever online, um, they read at most 60% of the article uh, on average. Not even always that much. But if they're interested in it and they're, you know, so they'll skim the headline and then they may not read it at all. But if they do start reading, they, the most they tend to read is 60%. People do not get to the end. Um, so that's one factoid. Here's another one. They are more likely to share, you know, to tweet about it or Instagram about it or whatever they're going to do about it. Mm -hmm. They're more likely to do s sharing on social media either 25% of the way through or at the end. Yeah. But since we know that most people don't get to the end, 
That means that most people who are sharing only have only read about a quarter of the article when they're sharing it. Sure. Uh, which I find kind of interesting because you know they may even just stop. They may share it and then they and then they stop. So we do a lot of uh, work with marketing folks, and they find this all very interesting. Yeah, they do. Uh, be. I just as a as a general note, I'm just not a good marketer. I don't do a lot of marketing. I don't. Yeah particularly have a nose for it yeah um so i you know so you don't care no i care <laughs> it's interesting I, uh so, some people are really really fascinated I well all right i'll tell you what i mean why i things. was interested because i write you know i write a lot of blog posts right mm-hmm. and I have a tendency. Yeah, don't, and, bury, and, don't bury the lead. I believe that that's the phrase, right? Yeah, and I have a tendency to do that because you know I get, I there's just this for those of us who are writers because I write a lot, right? I've written a lot of books, I write a lot of blog posts, and you forget that people are skimming and you think people are reading to the end, and so you you kind of pull them along and make it interesting and you're building the story and then at the end you know you have the big reveal um which i then realized when i was reading about reading that um that meant that no one was getting the reveal yeah but i'm i and i probably have not retrained myself yet i bet i'm still doing it Hmm. so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to really work on that because you know it doesn't work okay let's see what else do we know about reading so if you if um let's talk uh, here's something about reading that i know you're interested in and that's fonts and typography right you are kind of like a font and typography yeah i like typography so um back when gutenberg first gonna get a helvetica tattoo you were Seriously? No. Well, I was thinking about it. Does that mean a tattoo in Helvetica or a tattoo about Helvetica? Or just it the word Helvetica? It just says Helvetica, but in Helvetica. <laughs> uh, okay. See, you really do like fonts. Other people have this tattoo. So, you know, there used to be, when, when the printing press first came out, Yeah. there was a lot of fighting and arguing about fonts huge huge fighting Uh, people died in duels (laughs) over fonts really yeah yeah i'm not really surprised some fonts you know were supposed to be sacred and other i mean just all kinds of stuff so um and then uh, roman catholic um then for uh, many years later i mean when i i remember when the the rule of thumb was if you were writing the body of the text you were supposed to use a serif font and if you were writing a headline you were supposed to use a sans serif that was like the golden rule i think some people still still go with that um and then there was the time period where the um serif fonts were really hard to read on screens because the screens were so lousy Right. right. So that's uh, one, another reason why people. And now, and now everyone switched to sans serif because well, it looks cleaner. Uh, if if anyone wants, there's a there's a documentary called Helvetica. You should just yeah. go watch it. It's good. Um, it is good. About uh, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about modern typeface, but if you go look and just walk around, and you can look at every single store and car and major brand and the text in in programs and it's all just based on this the same version of of basically the the swedish typeface that uh, again i've eventually became helvetica yeah um and it's it's you know so for whatever reason it's you know it's clean it looks modern um some some consider it the perfect typeface some say that's really stupid and then people can fight about you know artists will will bicker over you know hours over that but um there there does appear to be i don't know uh we as a as at least a western society uh have have settled on this as the default typeface uh it's the one 
specific type and then everything else, right, if you're trying to be edgy or interesting, uh, then you deviate from that. Well, what, but, what are you saying is the one the one standard type then? The Helvetica, Helvetica stuff or Helvetica New uh, or it's thousands Wait, of variations. I, you know, like this we might... use Open Sans, which is a Google-derived um, type uh, open source typeface. So, you know, it's possible with you making that statement that we may get more emails on this topic than anything we've we've talked about so far on the podcast. I doubt it, but okay. People get very, very intense about fonts. They do, yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, I don't, I just, I don't know what our, our audience is, honestly. Do we have a lot of designers? I guess so. I don't but, know. But um, so like, okay, so like, literally, just like, you know, uh, so so you know, Arial, which is Microsoft's. Microsoft couldn't get the rights to Helvetica, so they just made a font called Arial and changed the way the A's look, and then. Called, really you know, yeah it's basically exactly the same huh. you know all the brand logos of everything from lg and samsung and those are all uh, helvetica oh yeah all the apple ios that's all it's all helvetica um oh it, yeah well, i don't it, know that i even realized that well go watch the documentary, the documentary i did watch is, the documentary well, i guess i forgot from like five six ten years old um, yeah but it's still really good so uh but but now there's all these versions. So like um, Apple used to have be using Helvetica variant. Recently, they they switched in their operating system to a font they made called San Francisco, which is just another Helvetica variant. In all honesty, it's just another sans serif. I mean, when was the last time? Think back. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you saw a piece of technology, a phone, a watch, a computer? operating system uh, that had a serif typeface as its default. I don't know. I don't know that I would have even noticed. But you're oh, saying it's... Oh, you'd notice. <laughs> you you mean it, it used serif... Times uh, New Roman. Like your, 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 your phone was in Times New Roman. I think the old <laughs> Palm Pilots actually... They did. They had Times New Roman. And I'm look gonna, what um, happened to them. <laughs> yeah, they got bought out. Uh I'm hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. You you keep talking. You're gonna uh, you want me to keep talking while you're looking something up. Then well it's, it's make not... make some witty commentary. I wanna know if I'm right about this. Okay. Uh I'll make witty commentary. Um well, so there is uh, research on uh, the fact that if a font is hard to read, people think the material that is being talked about in the text is I was, I was wrong. hard to do. You're wrong about what? Palm Pilot Professional used a uh, crappy version of a serif. But serif of course, or sans serif? Sorry, sans serif. Yeah, um, yeah that was just... So, so you were starting one of those urban legend myths. Never mind. I ch- sorry, guys. I at least you looked it up and corrected it before we were done with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also that's right because there was weren't wasn't didn't they get bought out by HP? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, but yeah, it, it just look at look at all the little homework. Look at all the devices and look at all the logos around you. But you especially... know, it it might change. Nope. It might go back. Nope. Really? You think we, this is all one directional? It's not going to be a pendulum swing? Uh, so like I said, there are certain levels where people like to be, um, like to deviate from the norm, and deviation yeah. is more cool in certain times than other times. But you're saying in terms of the norm, you expect Sarah, so, Sarah to stay around forever. Okay, so here's 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 the history. So in like the 1940s, yeah, right. If you look at all the ads, everything yeah. was in these weird, like handwritten squirrely fonts, and yeah. there were always, you know, it was it was like everything was its own individual artistic thing. You know, think of yeah. like, right, like. Like, uh, you know, like Coca-Cola, blah, 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 blah. Right, Coca-Cola right. is the perfect example because they have like the weird curly font. Now, of course, right. they kept it because it's their logo. But um, and then starting in the 50s and 60s, yeah. uh, there was every people didn't want to be cutesy. They wanted to be modern. 
and efficient and industrial. Yeah. And and that became the look. So it became the logo for um, all kinds of stuff. You know, all the car brands, um, with possibly the exception of well, Ford. There 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 are def- there are always exceptions that kept their ye old like logo type. But all their ads would be in 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 uh, Helvetica essentially. So you know it's and then so then you know so they so it swung that way for a while until basically everything was in Helvetica all the time, and then in the eighties people were like oh yeah being corporate is lame like we need to be like edgy, and so you know they be you know they they there'd be so weird fonts. And now even today, and then it kind of swung back in the 90s, and now today people kind of want to be edgy again a little bit. But, like, so even though the logos are perhaps not in Helvetica, you know, they'll be in something a little different, it's still all, it's it's basically all sans serif, and all their ads are in Helvetica. (laughs) Like, like if I go to, if I just go to their website, um, so apologize for the typing, but so, uh, Okay, so so you know um you know well that that's true, I guess I guess I'm slightly mistaken, so I just went to like Ford.com, yeah, right, and so Ford they they kept their old like fancy squiggle logo, yeah, um but their website is just full of it's technically not it's not Helvetica they use a little bit more of an independent typeface I guess they want to stand out except for their trucks. Which is essentially Helvetica. The point is, their whole website is completely covered, for the most part, in just sans serif normalcy. Um, That's interesting. You know. Well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see if you're right and whether this. I, I think that uh, I don't everything. Well, no. Well, what if you had went to a website and everything was in a weird font? Yeah, but would... right now it it seems like like a serif font would be a weird font, but I'm just saying, you know. There was a point where, where people would have said if everything was sans serif, that that would be weird. So I mean, the the pendulum swings. You know, we should probably. I don't know that we explained serif and sans serif. Go ahead. So, uh, so serif are, uh, we did mention are the is a font. Any of the there's there's hundreds or thousands of font families, and. Uh, they can essentially be divided into either serif or sans serif. Serif have little embellishments and decorative edges uh, at the edges. Um, and if you look at it at the capital T or the capital S of the font, it's either going to be very plain or it's going to have little decorative embellishments. If it has decorative embellishments, it's a serif font, or and that's French. Serif, please forgive me, those of you who are French, for murdering the pronunciation. Um, it means decoration in French. And then sans, it means without. So sans serif or sans serif means without decoration. Um, so I just, I just like pretending you, that I speak French, and so I always throw that in. You know what's actually becoming kind of popular? What? It's kind of an um, art decoy fonts. Yeah. That... Which go back to like what the nineteen twenties? Oh well, 1930s? I mean, all these fonts go back like like three hundred years. Yeah. I mean, they're like like the whole font thing. Like I don't know. There's 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 a very interesting history of all the fonts. But um, yeah, definitely stuff those. So uh, there's something like you know like Mister. I think it's called like Mister Eves. Um, there are there are a number of fonts that are sans serif fonts, but kind of I uh, just. A little different yeah unusual uh, those are those are kind of popular now um, there's research that shows that if a font is hard to read people think the task is hard to do yeah so why would you right so then why wouldn't you have it be the easiest to read font which is Helvetica well that's what people prefer now there's other research that shows that if the font is hard to read it kicks you into system two thinking, meaning mm-hmm. you'll learn the material better and remember it longer. But you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> because I'm supposed to be a usability person. Did I, did I ever tell you about how I was actually cornered 
<laughs> I mean, I've heard this story many, many times. But okay. If you'd like to tell the audience. Well, I was free. speaking at, at, at I was speaking at like a mini conference, and I talked about reading and fonts and about the fact that the research shows that if the font is hard to read, people think the task is hard to do, but they also remember it longer and learn it better. And uh, then I always jokingly say, so you should make your fonts hard to read. And then I laugh and I say, no, I'm not really saying that. Um, but then I had some usability people, famous, well-known usability people who I will not name, literally backed me against the wall. It wasn't really a corner. It was against the wall. And uh, told me never to say that again because it would give people the wrong impression and that they had labored for decades to get people to use fonts that were easy to read and I was destroying their work. I mean, in fairness, that the people just didn't understand. I think um, they understood. No, they, they, the whole market, people didn't really have marketing. I mean, people were just, like if you go to the early days of the internet, you know, yeah. people would just use wild, quirky, just. That, oh, that's, yes. I, you, you're fonts. saying people don't understand about fonts. No, no, no. I was saying people didn't understand that what looks good for a website back then. They had no, and so, right, like people just would use like Comic Sans on everything. And like a thousand people listening right now just shuddered. I, yeah, you know, it's really hard for me to understand why anybody would think that would ever be okay. But apparently, so I can a see how when they were they've been fighting for decades. But now people, I think people have a pretty good feel for what looks, you know, right, new, modern. Don't put it in Comic Sans, and you're you're generally on a good. Uh, I good still see websites with Comic Sans. Uh, so little sports knowledge here. Yeah. So uh, LeBron James. Uh, used to play for Cleveland and then a couple years ago there was the decision 1.0 I guess um, Durant going to uh, uh, Golden State would be the decision 2.0 but he, he made a big public statement he said you know I'm taking my talents to South Beach and he went to Miami and the owner do you know Dan Gilbert the author no the psychologist the no the bill bi billionaire N no he owns Quicken Loans okay um, he, he's a very interesting guy. He's basically bought all of Detroit, like all of downtown Detroit. Like he all the property? Yeah. He basically purchased like a giant island down there and is like rehabbing it. Okay. So back when it was like for pennies, he, he put, you know, he bought a bunch of it up and okay. he kind of runs Cleveland and they, they play in Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland. He owns the Cavaliers. Okay. So he, uh. You know, so LeBron James left, and he wrote uh, a public letter that was pretty scathing, in all honesty, about you know how like you know they'll they'll I think he said that you know the will win a title before you do blah blah blah. Um, it was stupid and kind of petty for a billionaire to be concerned with such things. Yeah. But it was <laughs> it was also written in Comic Sans. Oh, really? And people were just like, wait, why is this billionaire writing letters at Comic Sans? And why was he? And no one knows. I think he just likes Comic Sans, which should make you worried. You know, there's also a Dan Gilbert who's a psychologist and an author. I feel like it's a pretty common name. I think his name's Dan Gilbert. Maybe yeah, it is. I, it is. It is. There's two Dan Gilberts. One, well, I'm sure there's more than two, but there's two famous ones. One is the businessman and one is a psychologist, and they're not the same person. Ah. All right, so fonts. See, I knew you'd care about fonts. I also find it interesting that you seem to be able to find a way to bring LeBron James' name into any podcast we do. But well, the, the, the uh, sports are not an analogy of culture. Are they not? A microcosm of... of they are uh, a microcosm? Is that a microcosm saying? of the cultural climates. And because we because we make the storylines that we want to have. Okay, I so now I have another question for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, line length. Yeah. Do you, now you've heard me? You you've you've attended many of my speeches and workshops. Yep. Do you remember 
what, yep. what I say yes. about Lion Light? Yes, I do. Okay. So tell me about Lion Light. <laughs> this is a quick... Did you know you were going to get a pop uh, quiz? This is an easy question. It is? Okay. Yeah. So okay. what's better, a long line length or a short line length? Depends. Okay. Depends on what? What you want. Like what? To accomplish. Like what? <sighs> okay. People can read longer line, li longer line lengths faster, but they prefer shorter line lengths. Oh, good. Good memory. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So... Uh, Usually people use shorter line lengths because of that, because if people prefer it, go ahead and do it. And they, it is a little faster to read longer line lengths, but not significantly enough that it really matters in terms of putting stuff online. So that's another, that's another interesting fun fact. How Absolutely. Ab how about, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what else I could, what else I can, uh, I can grab you with here. Do, do any more uh, pop quizzes? I like the pop quizzes. Um, let's see. More about reading. What else can I ask you about reading? So, um, did you know that, uh, that your brain, um, when it's reading a physical book, uh, creates a kind of like a map of it. Uh, no. He, he says, "What the heck do you mean by that?" Nope. So this is one way where. Um, so you you read books. You like you have a Kindle, right? Uh, I do. Yeah. And and how often do you read a physical book versus reading a Kindle book? I don't know. It totally comes in waves. What do you mean? Like um, you'll tend to go through a regular book. Yeah, phase. yeah. Like sometimes, what I'll do is I'll um, uh, you know, I'll, uh, yeah. So, so sometimes I get a bunch of regular books. I mean, obviously, I read. I have other stuff I need to read that's in physical form. Uh, if you're talking about just reading for pleasure, probably pretty rarely, but on occasion it does happen. So I don't read a lot of physical books. So most of the time when you're reading for pleasure, you're reading... Well, most of the time I'm reading on my computer. Um, Not then... even a Kindle. You mean, uh, you mean well, like you're reading the news? Yeah, exactly. Um, if, I'm, if I'm sitting down, if I'm not going on a trip and I want to have some reading to pass the time, I'll put it on my Kindle. I used to read more on my Kindle. In the future, I will probably read more on my Kindle. It, it, it just, just so happens that I've been... Um, busy and and I don't you know I haven't I haven't really doubled down on reading a whole lot. Um, okay. I've been doing been doing other stuff. But um, you read a physical book rarely. Yes, that that would be that would be correct. Yeah. So when and I I'm kind of you know well this is a little hard to admit because I'm an author and I write a lot of books and. Um, I'm hoping everybody buys my physical book. I mean, they could buy the Kindle, but I, you know, I some of my books have a lot of color in them. If I wanted to actually buy the book, but I have to say that I read most of my books these days on a Kindle. Well, you can get our books on Kindle, and yeah. just because they have color, well, in a couple of years they'll have color Kindles, so right. it'll all, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Okay. It'll all work out. But there is when you there is a bunch of haptic stuff when you read a physical book, meaning there's there's a bunch of stuff that goes on in your brain in the parts of your brain that deal with your sense of touch. Mm -hmm. And of course you you lose a lot of that, if not almost all of it, when you're reading a Kindle. So um, the weight of the book is important haptically in your brain so um, research shows that when when people are holding something heavy they think what they're reading is more important yeah and that's funny it, huh that's funny it's, yeah isn't that funny I think it's funny well you know okay here we definitely need to do a podcast episode on the topic of embodied cognition 
So I will write that down and that'll be a future episode because um, that that's what that's what's involved in this. So there's this idea of embodied cognition that I won't go into any, any detail now because we're going to do another episode on it. But yeah, <laughs> it's that's it's true. When you when you hold something heavy, um, then people feel that it's more important. So in a Kindle, you know, all books are the same weight, right? So you don't have the sense of relative importance. But we also know that your brain creates a little map of the book. I mean, if you think about, I'm sitting here while we're recording this, I've got a book open and, you know, it's got four corners, right? Yeah. Two pages, four corners to the total overall. And, well, yeah, I, I understand that you make a mental map. I have a sneaky suspicion you'll make mental maps with digital stuff, too. Um, yeah, not but, the same. Yep, I think it will be the same. But it's not going to be with us. It's going to be maybe with me, but like with, with younger people who really? grew up doing that kind of stuff. Okay. That's, yeah, because yeah. the brains will change. If the brains and, change, you're right. Yeah, and they'll right. and they'll just treat it like it's a physical copy. So, so for mm. older people, they don't make that that mental model, and that's why they're lost. Although it will be, a, that's why they're lost when they're reading <laughs> online books. <laughs> no, but it's a even if you do, it's still a different mental model. It will be a different mental model, but I think they'll they'll be. But the the mapping will probably be better. I mean, I know that I. Um. I think compared to a lot of people personally, uh, I find myself, I basically have a map. So when I use a MacBook, right, I have m- multiple, uh, the multiple, uh, even though there's one screen, I use the multiple yeah. desktops. Yeah. I think that's what, what it's called. Yeah, um, yeah. I like to dual screen. So like I have I like a mental mo- model I of understand. like where everything yeah, is. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And then that, yeah, people have mental models and mental maps, but it is different than a book navigational mental map potentially yeah um and then there's all other kinds of you know there's the the sense of touch there's mm-hmm. the feel of the paper yeah there's the the ex- the motor experience of turning a page which is a you have a motor experience of turning a page online but it's different well again this this will all be thick this will all be different in the future right so for example when we have um, inf- like infrared or so- or or, or uh, radar sonar based uh, uh, systems, right? So to turn a page, you'll flip with your hand. Well, right now you flip with your finger. I know, and that's wrong. In the future, it'll be like <laughs> no, it'll but seriously, like, it'll well, be because like... because you don't want to have to touch the screen because that's where you're reading. So the yeah. in the, so in future Kindles when they have. Like the laser laser based assistance, yeah, right? Just move you your just hand. You, you move your hand in air. You're not touching anything, right? So you'll still have that that the the mental stuff. A little, little bit different though than the tactile of grabbing a page and turning. It's true. It's true. And then you know, okay. So when here, I'm going to do it. We'll see if this if the my microphone picks it up. Here, be be quiet here. Yeah, you heard that, right? Uh huh. So, you know, there's there's the an auditory experience when you read a book that you it's, don't have when you read a It's candle. almost like it's in real life. It is in real life. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's different. I'm just saying uh, so that... so what you're trying to say are books are the new VR, an immersive 3D experience? I was actually just thinking that. I know. How did you know? Uh, I'm good. It you you kind of wonder though, right? So um, are there any other points you want to do? Because I have a question. Go ahead. Uh, can we go back to my weird brain and figure out what's going on? <sighs> Let's try. What about your weird brain now? Uh, like when I read? Yeah. I hear the words. You didn't seem to want to talk about that when we started the podcast. I did want to talk about it. Oh. So when you read... You this hear someone reading to you like it's an audiobook. Well, it's, I'm reading to myself. It's not like a different voice. It's my voice. Though I guess I can make it be different voices. <laughs> like it can have like a British accent. No, don't do that because then you'll be hearing voices and then I'll really be worried about you. Um, yeah, that's... I'm, I, I'm just... 
Uh, sometimes, sometimes I think I hear voices, especially if it's dialogue. But you're saying not just dialogue, just you know anything. Yeah, and that. not and most of the time I think I don't even think about it. But like I can, but if if I'm reading like a narrative story, I definitely switch into that because it's more fun. Um, it's like someone. It's it's so it's almost. It, think of it this way. It's yeah. it's exactly the same as if you were re if you read a sentence and dictate it right so you're reading so you speak out yeah, loud yeah i know, what I know you're exactly what you mean i do except know i'm mean. not speaking out loud so when you read do you so if it's a narrative it's a story let's say you're, you're reading or Tolkien, anything lord of the rings uh-huh so do i asked you this before i want you to to say more do you see images do you see the picture do you, do you see the world? Do you see the hobbits or do you see the... Oh, yeah. The mountain or... Yeah, 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 sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have I have ideas of what characters look like and... Um, okay, because you said you didn't see well, things. Well, but it's different. It's different because I guess like... Because I actually hear it like it's a voice in the room. Yeah. Seeing it, the way I see it is more like a daydream kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not like I'm actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing yeah. it. No, but so you hear a voice in the room. Well, no, but it's, you just said you heard a voice. Well, in the room. it's it's not obviously hearing, but but it's as if I would. You know how you, you talk. You're not really hearing yourself, but it's like in your. Mm, uh. <laughs> See, so the, per, the the voice that you're hearing, who does it sound like? Well, whoever I want, but normally it's myself. But hmm. I can I can switch into like a more dramatic voice. But the same way that I could like talk in like a more dramatic voice, like if I was pretending, it's 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 just me. But like you yeah. can talk in like a British accent if if I wanted, you even know, though it'd be a bad British accent. But like I can do you it. You know, this is like um, this is like I I just wonder, you know, people don't usually talk about their experience of reading this way, you know, and yeah. I wonder. It reminds me of like talking about, you know, what does it mean to see the color red? You know, it's like, does red exist? And how do I know my red is your red? And kind of reminds me of that, you know, how I, I, I'm really curious now about what, because uh, I've never really talked to people about their experience of reading. And maybe your experience of hearing your voice reading like it's an audiobook is the is the norm and i'm the weird one because i don't hear the voice so what happens when you read um it's more like uh it's more like a dream it's definitely a yeah that makes way more sense <laughs> than what i do <laughs> I mean, it's a. I have a visual experience. I see, I. See, it's like a movie playing through my head. Although it's more a little bit, you know, it's not as exact and realistic as a movie would. No, okay, but be. let's not talk about fiction. So here's okay. a sentence, right? right? I just I'm looking at a sentence online. All right. In, in 1995, the Dallas Cowboys became the first team to beat the same team, the Green Bay Packers, three straight years in the regular season and playoffs. Yeah. So if so, I read, so if you were to read that, what would happen? Because that's not there's there's no like, you know, Grand Mountain or anything. That you no, can... but there's still I would see them playing. You'd see them playing. <laughs> oh, <I'd... laughs> yeah. And if it's purely hmm. factual, um, you have you have words books around you. It's read 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 something and tell me what happens. Uh, like. Like what? I I don't care. I'm not I'm not there. I'm in Chicago. I don't know what you're looking at. Well, I'm looking at one of my books. Okay. So um I'm reading uh soon 2013 devised a different experiment to see if the same delay holds for making abstract decisions that don't involve simple motor movements. 
That's the sentence I wrote. And I'm reading it. Okay. And what happened? Um, I didn't hear a voice. Uh, I thought about the concepts. And then I still had a visual image. So I think when I'm reading, you know, non-narrative fiction, when I'm reading not when I'm not reading narrative fiction, when I'm reading something that is not narrative and it's not fiction and it's, you know, like I read a lot of, I read a lot about research, right? Um, I'm, I'm interpreting the words. I'm, I'm thinking about them, but not with, not with auditory. I don't hear any auditory. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me because I'm not saying I always hear auditory. Yeah. I think for the most part, it's almost like a, it's like a, like a humming of a fan that you don't even think about anymore. But mm. then if I want to hear the auditory, I, mm. I like I can. Um, yeah. Reading is, re is very weird, isn't it? You know what I would really like to do? Uh, I'd like to get you hooked up to an fMRI machine and have you read and watch what's going on in your brain. Yeah, so for those out there, I, I have a, a sneaky theory. Oh, what's your theory? Uh, hold on. You're typing something? Yes, I got a, what it's called? Uh, it's an interesting podcast to listen to someone type. I can't remember the name of it. There's a so there's a uh, there's a part of the brain that does auditory stuff. It's called, I think it's called like the wireman or the wire or something. Um, Wernicke's Wer area is that what you're talking about? How, how do you spell that? W e r n i c k e. What, well, tell me what what you know about this part of the brain. Yeah, I th think so. Because there are language areas of the brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the Wernicke's. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, so the Wernicke's is uh is generally deals with uh connecting words, uh, fluency, um. Uh, f the, the the ability to connect words with meaning right yeah. so if you have severe damage you you can say words but the phrases will lack meaning right um, for example mm -hmm. um, and it's it's actually it, it encircles the auditory cortex mm -hmm. now uh, I at a very young age um, did music lessons like two or th two years three years old Yep. So my and, and I'm very bad at, num at a couple specific things. Um, I am horrible at memorizing. Uh, I'm, a, I'm wonderful at memorizing facts. I'm just I'm the just the best at it. Yeah. Uh, random facts of trivia, but um, I'm very very bad with connecting word associations with things. So names. I'm particularly bad with names. Mm -hmm. I am particularly bad with. Uh, uh, memorized facts but not that that don't relate to anything so if it's if it's just you know like like what year was the printing press invented? no no no. i'm great with that oh. i'm great with that um, no you got that one wrong but okay <laughs> <laughs> i was pretty close um no but uh like uh, what um uh so so like some arcane law phrase that okay. is associated with with an idea. Okay. Right? But but it has nothing to do with the idea itself. Okay. Uh, right? Uh, which has, I suppose just another version of a name. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm oh, that's very, interesting. Very, yeah. very bad. Uh, so foreign languages. I'm great with the grammar. Uh, I cannot remember the you vocab. You can't remember the names of words. You I can't, can't remember, remember the what names. Do you, what do you call a book in French? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot. I just can't get the association between the word itself that's very, and the meaning. Yeah, that's interesting because I, that always, yeah, because you, uh, you, I mean, I've known you for a very long time and I know you have a very good memory and it, and it always did confuse me why you couldn't learn uh, 
the foreign language vocabulary. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I'm very bad at spelling. You're really bad at spelling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's encircled by the auditory cortex. Yeah. And my, my theory is, is that uh, my auditory cortex is abnormally large and it swallowed a bit of the Wernicke uh, area. <laughs> It is, yeah, no, it's a very interesting theory, and 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 that's why I'm really great at at anything auditory. Yeah, uh, I yeah. can very quickly and fluently mimic uh, other voice patterns and sounds and noises. Yeah. Um, I can remember uh, songs incredibly well. Yeah. Um, I can you know listen to something once or twice and and uh, and you, you know replay it. it. I think this is also one of the reasons I. I don't like watch rewatching movies because um, I know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I don't need to really hear the dialogue. It's just it's not as interesting because I, you know, it's not you know. I just so I can remember auditory stuff very well. Um, so I, I think and then of course when I read, I I can I can it's you're, visualized you're, you're, auditorily. Visualized auditorily. So this is my theory. That it is, it's a very interesting theory, and it certainly is possible because you know we know that that, and I think we talked about this. I'm pretty sure we did in a previous podcast. We talked about neuroplasticity and the fact that your brain, many parts of your brain, and many of your neurons uh, can be used for this or that, or taken over and changed. And and certainly you're right. You did start. You started learning violin before you were three years old, and and then you you know learned. I mean, you you played pretty much every day. Uh, at one point, I think you played every day for like nine years, and so so from the point of you know age two and a half to age eighteen uh, and a half, you played music every day and then in later years you played multiple instruments right so it's very possible that because you started so young especially that your brain used some of that area for the music and uh that i mean it's probably true that that uh that strengthens certain parts of your brain but it's also possibly true that your brain stole some stuff from other areas and got it going on auditory and musical processing, um, which meant there was perhaps less of certain areas to put towards some of the other things like spelling and names and, and stuff. That's very, it's possible. I mean, we'll never know for sure. And I'm not gonna go do brain surgery on you to find out, but, um, it, it's it's possible. It's, an, it's a really interesting question, uh, you know. And not every so it, that also brings home the fact that not everybody's alike, and certainly that not everybody's alike in reading. Um, but I really do encourage uh, you. Speaking of reading, you know, if you want a good read book to read, I really do recommend the book by Marianne Wolf. It's called Wait a minute. I had it up here. And then I lost it. Let's let's look. Let's look and get the name of it. It'd be interesting to get Marianne on here one day. Maybe we'll have to try and do that. Uh, okay. It's called Proust and the Squid. Is that a weird name for a book? Yep. The Story and Science of the Reading Brain. Proust and the Squid. Really good book. So I I highly recommend that. All right. Do you have before we uh, before we wrap it up here? Do you have any other brain questions? I mean, reading questions? No, I think I'm you good. You done? Okay. Uh, what book? What book? What are you currently reading? Any books? No. No. None. No. I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing work stuff. So. But yes, am I reading? No. I'm not. So uh, I'm currently reading uh, a series of novels by Jane Smiley. So I just thought I'd bring that up. I, like I said, it. I was watching The Flash. So so you've been watching The Flash uh, instead of reading. Well, 
You're going to have to get back to reading. Hey, I read a lot. I have a subscription to the Washington Post. I read every yeah, day. Yeah, you read news. Get yeah, I read news. I get that. All right. Uh, I think it's I think it's a wrap. Absolutely. Um, again, info at theteamw.com. If you have questions, email me, comment me. If you have um, social show suggestions, we've gotten a couple. Uh, we'll hopefully we'll, we'll yeah. do those. Some yeah, of those. I love getting some of them we we know some about. Some of them we don't know a lot about um we how much research, research we yeah. we we really want to do i guess we'll figure that out um and then uh yeah yeah share the podcast we we just want to grow and and keep growing um and uh uh yeah any anything else i think that's it all right thank you so much uh everyone i hope you had a great uh fourth of july and uh a safe weekend um happy america day and uh, we will talk to uh, everyone shortly. Bye. Bye.